This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 95th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have our very special top billing draft of the most anticipated TV series for the remainder of 2022. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy the 95th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy doody, episode 95 of the Drive-In Podcast has arrived. Shout out Richard Dent. This is Dr. O on the horn. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the one and only Ricky Flix. Ricky Flix, let's talk some TV, dude. What have you been watching lately? So, winning time. Of course, we've been talking about that the past month. Uh, It's getting meta again. Definitely getting meta again. Um, But they're getting knee-deep in the season of uh, the inaugural Jerry Buss season, uh, Jerry Buss season. So definitely like getting good because there's some more basketball scenes, more with the team. Love that. Um, besides that, I did start the flight attendant season two, dropped it after 20 minutes and um, not the same allure the first one got, but I don't know, maybe I'll revisit. But then Barry, uh, Barry started this week. Very, very awesome show. I cannot wait to see what happens with my boy NoHo, NoHo Hank. Great NoHo Hank appearance in the first uh, episode of the season. Just Barry is just on a different level. I just wish there was more promotion behind it. I didn't even know it was this week until last week. I think it was way too like nearsighted. I had to be reminded by one of our listeners and one of our friends, uh, Zach Hesketh. We'll give him a shout out here. He texted me, said new Barry this week. I'm like, Oh my God, new Barry. So this is where HBO, like as they head towards the summer, they're heating the F up. This is when they're picking up their series. We're getting trailers for new series starring Colin Firth and Tony Collette, right? Barry's picking up. We got the heart of, uh, winning time as we head towards the end of the season and then obviously at the end of the summer we're looking at house of the dragon so this is where like this is where i this is the tv network that i live on during the summer like hbo that's where i look for the highest quality of shows barry i didn't i wanted to watch and recap the first two seasons heading into like season three's premiere I wish I did because I forgot a lot of stuff that happened and it was, it was did a decent job of like putting me back into like the world that they create. But I did wish I looked back a little bit. Uh, I'm excited to see like what bit where Bill Hader's character goes from here. I'm hoping we get a lot of no ho Hank. Cause I think he's arguably best character in the show. I think the best character. And I think he's, the show is kind of slept on, especially no ho Hank is slept on. I would like to see that actor do more who plays no ho Hank. He was in, the Bill and Ted movie that he would came be out. Great, and I think you should leave. He would be. A, yeah. Cause he looks like the guy <laughs> yeah. as if like the guy had his had hair. I don't know if the guy who plays Noho Hank, I think he suffers from alopecia. Um, but he Murder looks Bill. like if the guy had hair from, I think you should leave that they, uh, they Tim should, Robinson. Like a, they should they should be like twins in a couple segments. I think that would be amazing. Uh, but Barry has a very special tone to it that no other show has where it has the comedic elements. You got the Bill Hader aspect and you got like the lightheartedness that comes with a character like um, Fonzie. What's his name? Henry Chris, Winkler. Henry Winkler. Excuse me. Sorry. My brain just melted there for a second. We're not cooking anymore. But, but Henry Winkler there. And then it also has like the darkness of the, the, a killer who wants to stop killing. But it's a versatile also, show for sure. It's, it's, it seems like it touches Dark on comedy. so many different aspects. And as I said before, unique tone. Excited to see where this where the direction is for this season. And it seems like Barry's in a super dark place. But uh, winning time, I guess we could talk about that a little bit because these shows aren't draftable, I would say. We're going to cross these off because 
We have appearances. We have uh, episodes that have premiered for both of these shows. So we're looking towards the future of this episode, but winning time, I think this is the most pro problematic episode they've had so far in a very, in a somewhat problematic series. Right. So this one, they depict Boston. I mean, just like as a bunch of racists, <laughs> like they're just not shy about doing it whatsoever. I'm sure anyone from Boston absolutely despised this episode it seems like adam mckay was okay with losing that specific audience for his show um but it did make for a very entertaining show and it makes me debate with myself like am i okay with the way they depict and exaggerate certain truths for the benefit of the show because it's, go ahead sorry it no it's it's every show that's off of historical events exaggerates and dramatizes things right and some people do it to an extent that's like over the top okay for the good of the show right this is like doing it just because they're doing it like they're not doing it's like so over the top that when you say over the top that's like you didn't go far enough it's ridiculous how far they are going over the top with this and every single facet of this dramatization of everything going on. And it's not just Boston. It's with Magic Johnson. It's with J uh, Jerry Buss. It's, and like, sure, like it puts into the limelight. Jerry West. Spotlight, Jerry West. Um, we can go on. But the only one that's been depicted decent, but you could still say harsh is Kareem. Like, it's Where he's actually like, after if Kareem watched this, he'd be like, okay, I'm okay with yeah, this. You'd be okay <laughs> Compared with to like, like everybody else. Yeah, sure. Maybe I was a jerk and an a-hole towards the end of my career when Magic came on. But like, was he really that bad? Like, like, I just don't know. But he's definitely at the one bright spot with the over the top. Like, he's what you think of over the top, like dramatization of things. But now it's just like Adam McKay is just doing don't look up type things with the show. And, you know, it's just kind of a turnoff. I just think they're also taking liberties with the show that they don't need to. Like there was enough drama and there's enough story in what happened, right? With this team, you don't have to add anything really. You're still going to have enough juice for the show. So when you are adding in a lot of these romantic subplots, right? Some of them are unnecessary, but like, honestly, the bright spot for me, these last couple episodes has been Adrian Brody. Yes. I think, I think he's been unbelievable he's in this show. Success. This makes up for succession. Yes. Yes. Cause like he's they, awesome. he was just another face in succession. They just use his name for like Mark. It wasn't like a Scars guard thing. Right. And it just, it seems like he is making this his show. Like it seems like magic had control of it. Right. In the first uh, him and Jerry bus, Jason Clark there. I'm not sorry. Uh, John C. Riley. Uh, they kind of took control of the first like five, six episodes, but like the last two, like I thought Adrian Brody has been like, the class, like the class of the whole cast. Like he's been elite. And uh, I'm, they all started hinting at him as Pat Riley with like slicking the hair back. Yep. Okay. They're building towards it at the end of this seat at the end of the season. I fully expect him to be like the Pat Riley. Everyone has come to know and recognize he shaved the mustache. Like and definitely like I could see him in the second season of the show being like an Emmy like contender. That's what we're building to. Cause like this one, you're John C. Riley. I bet it's going to get some love. Maybe the guy who played in magic, but I think next season, like Asian Brody's just going to take over the show. It, really it's going to be interesting to see how many seasons the show does. It did get confirmed for a second one. Um, because Pat Riley, like Adrian Brody, when we took this on, definitely Adam McKay was like, Hey, if we do five seasons, you got to do all five because you're Pat Riley and you're going to be the coach throughout the eighties here. Um, I totally agree. And that's a huge bright spot for this episode as well. And also a huge like glimmer of hope or ray of light for the show in the future, because your biggest stars, like besides the actual, like magic and Kareem, the actual players, but the guy who puts it around them and like puts this Lakers together. And ultimately what this show will be around is going to be more than just Jerry Buss. It's going to be Pat Riley who runs the show, you know, the Showtime Lakers with the star, the slick back hair, Pat Riley. So it's awesome to see that, yes, he's finally come into his own here. And I will say Jason Siegel also has done well playing, like, the joke, uh, the the butt of the joke in a lot of things here, the goofball. But at the end of the day, he was also very good as well for his part. Just, obviously, Adrian Brody is kind of a monster in this show, which is awesome to see. His so, transformation's been pretty cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, if So Jerry West has 
basically condemned the show and he's demanded an apology from Adam McKay and the showrunners based on the depiction of him in the show. So I have a question for you, Ricky Flex. If you had to put yourself in the shoes of a real life person being depicted on screen here, would who would you be? Who would you not want to be like? Who would you be most pissed off about the way you're being portrayed? Yeah, who do you think? think would it I be think... Jerry West? No, no. Because be? at the end of the day, Jerry West is just showing that he's a winner and he's addicted to winning. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's obvious and it's Magic Johnson. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. I think it's obvious. It's yeah. so bad. Like this last episode was definitely a lot a wrench in the in the arsenal for him. I, in the I, I really think it's bad. And do a public like, perspective. I I do think like other people like Norm Nixon, um, Jerry Buss. Like Jerry Buss is actually kind of close, but I think at the end of the day, like Jerry Buss, you kind of like. But Magic's magic, and I just don't think they're they're focusing a lot on it more so than the bus aspect, I think. And it's because it's Max Johnson, for God's sakes. So I, I, I would go magic. That's a good one. I was, you brought up Siegel as Paul Westhead. I oh, feel Paul, like, oh, I yeah. feel like if I was Paul Westhead, I'd be like really upset watching this show because they're acting like they won in spite of him. And they, they kind of say like, and they, they only won because Pat Riley was the assistant and like people forget like this team, they went like, 52 and uh, 30 or 62 and 20, right? And during this season, they were absolutely dominant the entire time. And the way they portray like these, this whole season is if is as if it's a roller coaster and that this team was in serious jeopardy of like not even making the playoffs. I'm like, dude, this is like the best team in the NBA, even during Magic Johnson's rookie year. So if I was Paul West being like looked at as meek, as feeble and as basically not having enough um, confidence to lead this team when he ended up winning, I think it's not a spoiler to say they win the NBA title. It's just insane to me that someone that has brought a title to LA is being looked at for being so like weak in a very complicated situation where he had to take over the team in the beginning of the year. It just doesn't seem like this actually happen because when you look at Paul Westhead and pictures of him like throughout history press game conferences like I was looking at pictures of him like he doesn't like look timid like he just looks like yeah no he knows what he's doing and it just I would just be upset if they were playing him to this point and basically as like the pussy of the show <laughs> yeah I, I actually do like I love that pick I just think that like I think that's a very good one and if you did argue that like you did like I do see it i just think that the grad the gravity of the magic johnson uh dramatization reputation think, oh my yeah, god reputation like paul says like oh like if you're stupid or you're a goofball okay like well you can easily disprove that like you know like they won the title and he was the coach right like you definitely like can disprove that magic johnson's like you can't that's all yeah. reputation based and all like he said she said like you can't really do that and then he obviously we all know magic johnson like what happens so um just so they make him look like a despicable it. person in that last episode terrible and yeah. i'm not saying he was or wasn't i'm just saying like for the pick that that's easily my pick you like would not want like magic johnson definitely after he saw probably the first scene of this show he's like okay i'm out yeah like because he's I, reliving I'm, like terrible I moments just, of his life this is where like 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 this is not to the same extent here there's definitely better examples but I'm just saying, like, if you're going to make a show off of real life and people that are still living or even just like you're making a show about like, I don't know, John Lennon or a movie about John Lennon, like they are rumored, like you're easily calling the John Lennon estate and being like, hey, like, here's my plan for this movie. And like, you're not going to like, hey, if you don't want to like go by the wishes, like don't include this or that. OK, but at least give them the heads up. Like right. Adam McKay, like, like not even to give these people a heads up or anything, I think is awful. Like an example, I was going to say, that's not to the same, like actual real life. I just brought up John, John Lennon, because that's probably what's going to happen. But like Emerald Fennell was so afraid out of like disrespecting uh, Paris Hilton for using uh, that song, I forget, um, that was used in Promising a Woman. She wanted to make sure it was okay to use the, use the song. Right. There's no way Magic would have ever gave, given the A-OK. Yeah, but at least give him a heads up. Like you're going to be proved, like looked at as like the worst person in the world in this show. Like, I just think it's, I think it's disrespectful for someone that's trying to honor these Lakers and his words, honor these Lakers with this series 
it's honestly doing the exact opposite and ruining the Lakers in this series. Right. Like their reputation. And, and I know this is a series that's based on Jeff Perlman's book, Showtime, that came out, I believe, a couple decades ago. Um, mm-hmm. And it even takes liberties with that book. It's not an exact, like, adaption, right? It's not book to screen. It's more of like a dramatization of the book that already was, it had enough juice, right, to make a whole series <laughs> or a movie on this. So, I mean, magic, man. I I would like to hear his comments in this age where people can launch their takes from their phone anytime you want. I'm surprised Magic hasn't commented well, on this. I'm I'm not like I'm surprised. Well, I'm I'm not to be honest. But what I'm more surprised is that this show has such a profound effect on Magic. I think that he hasn't been talking at all, and we're in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, we haven't seen a Magic Johnson tweet, like a famous Magic Johnson tweet, when he just reads off stats from NBA players. We haven't even gotten that. It's crazy. The show has silenced him. Like he, like, and he's a guy when usually on Twitter, he'll say like fantastic job in a really plain way, you know? Right. So I thought he would at least send off like a plain tweet saying like really loving like HBO Showtime Lakers series. Like he has shown no recognition of it, which just tells you everything. All right. right? No recognition whatsoever. But now that we've talked about Showtime and we've talked about Barry, let's get on to our draft regarding the most anticipated TV shows for the rest of 2022. So Ricky Flicks will be deciding who has first selection of this draft, or I guess choosing their draft position. He's going to flip an AMC card, no coins around him. All right. He's got his card. We support movie theaters. He's showing up both sides to the YouTube and the flip goes to, I will take the barcode side. Interesting. <laughs> Not the popcorn sign for the listeners. It's flipped. He slaps it. Oh, and it's the, it's the barcode. It's the barcode side. Wow. Um, so I get to choose whether I pick first or second in this draft. Hmm. This is tough, Ricky. This is a deep draft. I was making, I took a long time for me to make my list here. I'll go first. Okay. I will be the first overall pick in this draft. And to lead off, um, I kind of like my movies to be more um, sci-fi and more superhero action movie type compared to my TV shows. To me, TV shows struggle to have, to really capture the type of action I want to see in movies and the effects I want to see in movies. But with this one, I'm going to go against the grain from what I usually do. I'm going to pick one that I think is going to have movie quality when I'm watching on my TV screen. It's a limited series. It features the return of one of the most iconic star Wars characters of all time. The first overall pick for the most anticipated TV series of 22, 2022 draft. I'm going with Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi with the first overall pick. There's a couple pictures that came out today. Uh, I think it was an entertainment weekly feature on Ewan McGregor. Uh, shout out Ewan McGregor just got married, I think, to um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which I didn't know they were an item, but good for my guy Ewan, right? He's got a couple years on her. Uh, the best part of the prequel trilogy, I think hands down, we got the anticipated matchup rematch, Vader versus Obi-Wan, Mew McGregor made some comments saying this is the first time he actually faced Anakin wearing a Darth Vader mask, right? It's kind of weird to think about because he spent so much time with Anakin in the the prequel trilogy that he was actually really scared, like for his life, when he was facing down of like Anakin Skywalker wearing the Darth Vader suit. Uh, They're going to face a couple of times in this this show. It's got interesting uh, Star Wars dynamics. I guess Easter eggs. When you think about Luke Skywalker as a child in this show, think about like how it's going to be reflected, like Obi-Wan reflecting on his time looking after Anakin as a child, right? Alongside Qui-Gon. It's got the Inquisitors, which has strong connections to the Clone Wars. You got probably an Ahsoka Tano uh, feature here. I'm looking forward to any other type of cameo. I'm going to go with Obi-Wan Kenobi first overall pick. Thoughts? It was the one one. If you didn't pick it, that would have been a huge miss on your part. 
Um, I don't care what else is coming out later this year. I think uh, after I go, I think uh, we'll talk about it. This is clearly the one one. It's not even close. It's Opie one and then everything else. And if you just if you you went off a great like not ramp but like a great like uh, evidence back to back you up. But if you just said Darth Vader's in this show, like that's all you need. And Hayden Christensen's back as him, like that's enough for it to be one one overall, honestly. So this is the easy for me. May twenty seventh, Disney Plus, circle it. Um, easy one one. Yep. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Definitely going to the way we're doing Moon Knight episode recaps. We will definitely be doing that with Obi Wan Kenobi. So make sure you're tuned into the pod for when that is completed. Ricky Flex, you're up with your first round pick, second overall. Okay. So I want this. Okay. Yeah. So this is my number two. I'm going House of Dragon. Same with me. That was it. This is. Uh, you know, I'll do a combo here. My third pick, the Rings of Power. <laughs> Powerful right. on the big board. Let's, Powerful. Let's, this was. This is just. Let's do a combo here. I. I honestly. This is a great rivalry. We've talked about it. We have a graphic on it. The budget Rings of Power four hundred million. The House of Dragon came out. It was two hundred million, I think, or was it three hundred? I forget. But it was a lot more than Game of Thrones. Um, but yeah. Both prequel series, Succession Crisis at House of Targaryen, Sauron, the Dark Lord, actually having a physical presence on this show. I like two of the best, like, uh, like we have arguably the greatest trilogy of all time, getting a prequel series at Prime. Let's see what Prime, like, and then we get to see, all right, how does Prime do with a huge, huge budget? And then we get arguably the greatest television series of all time, Game of Thrones getting a prequel series, especially after the debacle of the last season and a bunch of issues and controversies with it. Let's see what these shows do. There's question marks, like I mentioned around, but, and there's huge budgets, which lead to big question marks and high expectations. But at the end of the day, these two after Obi-Wan are just the clear, like, holy crap, circle that on your calendar. And the rivalry again is what's going to drive this to must watch. In addition to what I've already mentioned, give me house of dragon August 21st, HBO, The Rings of Power, September 2nd, Prime. This is interesting. It feels almost wrong that you have both of these on your big board. It is. It is. It's unfair, but you picked Obi-Wan, so that's huge for you. Yeah. So I actually didn't – I had House of the Dragon second, but I had Rings of Power actually sliding down a little bit on my big board. I like Lord of the Rings. I wouldn't say I love it as much as a diehard fan, but you're right. It is must-watch based on the budget for this series, based on the hype surrounding it, Amazon acquiring tr- acquiring it, trying to match some of the uh, critical level of some of these other shows on these other streaming services, particularly against like Netflix and HBO, right? So it's seeing, can they keep up with the quality of this show? And uh, yeah, I guess logically those two should be the next most anticipated movies. I mean, uh, TV shows. All right, I'm up. End of the second round. With my second round pick, I'm going to go with, man, I'm like, I just, I went on that whole rant at the beginning saying I TV shows like superheroes and stuff. I prefer on the big screen, but these are different types of superheroes. These are superheroes made for the television. I'm going with the boys as my next pick season three of the boys. I'm going to jot that down here. Uh, I can't, I just, it has such electric characters. I can't wait to see Homelander and Billy Butcher once again. Um, Homeland, Homelander, like this is the, this has got to be the season where Anthony Starr potentially gets an Emmy, like, like or a nomination for playing this role because it's one that is reflective. Like season two, I thought he should have got an, a, a nomination just because it was so reflective on the time we're living in. I think this is one of the, there's a lot of like obviously superhero shows. This is a great criticism or I guess on if superheroes actually existed. And it kind of is the antithesis of like a Marvel or DC movie to have the boys and the Jensen Ackles coming as Superboy in this upcoming series, the return of Stormfront. Uh, you got the dynamic between uh, what's it called? Star, is it Star, Star Girl? What's, what's her name again? 
Starlight. Um, so yeah. Starlight against Homelander. All right. You're going to see, see them in the trailer. Uh, Kimiko, one of my favorite characters in the show, one of the best supporting characters. Uh, and then Carl Urban is money as Billy Butcher. And I can listen to him swear all day. Like he is on the short list of the best swears in terms of actors behind like Samuel Jackson and Jonah Hill, like Carl, Carl Urban, I put in the top five. So I'm going to have the boys as my second round pick. This great pick season three. So we, we're, we're on our first show. That's like already, like we have already seen a couple seasons. Like this isn't like the first season. Like that's our first pick with the existing show. I agree with your, you on your Homelander take as in he probably should have gotten nominated last year and i think he's one of the best characters not only in uh tv series but also in movie franchises that we have today i'm not afraid to say it what i also will say though is what happened last month he was arrested in spain after allegedly assaulting a 21 year old i I tried to sneak that by and he was sentenced to a year-long prison sentence is he actually going to prison though is he working a deal no, so in Spain, what you do, like, so like Messi and Ronaldo did this too with tax evasion, because uh, like their tax evasion was like so bad that they, they actually were going to go to, actually, no, I think Ronaldo's wasn't, but Messi's was, that he should have gone to jail, but you just pay these hefty fines. But like Anthony Starr like, could, he definitely could afford it. So like he's paying it off and he'll be fine. But I, I think that's the only thing that holds him back from an Emmy nom. But you hear these rumors because you hear these rumors that Homelander goes crazy in this season, more so than the first two seasons combined. And that's literally nuts. the rumor. <laughs> that's nuts. That just makes this a, like a top pick here. Must pick. I had it as number five, though. So I'm interested where you go here with your third pick. Like seeing an unhinged Homelander is one of the best things on TV. Like seeing the unpredictability of him and the true evilness of homelander like he's gonna go down as one of the greatest like fandom villains maybe one of one of like i would say like a top 10 fandom villains of all time right and that that's a long list it's not like in the immediate top five with like with your jokers and your Darth faders that we brought up that we already brought up today but like when you think about that secondary tier lesser known ip like he is just going to be He's going to carry the boys like throughout these seasons. And it would be a mistake if he ever like gets killed in the show, unless Anthony Starr once again gets in a little bit of a mishap and they have to write him off somehow. So Anthony Starr, stay out of trouble so we can watch more Homelander. That's my third pick. I feel like I have to take this as my fourth pick, but I don't, I can't have you with Rings of Power, uh, House of the Dragon. Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. And I can't have you have Stranger Things on your board as well. So like, honestly, this is a strategy pick. I'm being totally transparent here. I can't have you have the three biggest franchises in TV right now, right? On your big board. So I'm going to go with Stranger Things season four. Um, Trailer came out recently. Return of Hopper. Unexpected Return of Hopper. Uh, I guess though. No, no, because they tease at the end of season three, mm-hmm. uh, right at the end of the series, like a post-credit, if I remember. Was it a post-credit where they showed him? Uh, I don't know if it was post, but it was the final thing. It was, and that was, that was shocking just because I was like, that was such a great send-off for his character. So like emotional. I feel like they didn't have the guts to just like cut bait with him. Uh, they found out, he, they basically said he was too integral to like the success of this show. So him back, we got different setting now. I think we got LA setting. Am I right? The kids are split up into different schools. We got a new villain. Um, Doc Ray Montgomery. I, they're hinting at his potential return. He's the but, villain. Yeah. So I'm starting to think he is the villain. Like or I think that's Barb. Oh my God. Like, Oh my God. I like, I, do you think it is? Do you think? No, it's I good? think it's, I think it's uh, Montgomery. Yeah. What's his name? Is it Steve in the show? No, no. What's his no, name? No, it's uh, Steve is Billy. Uh, yes. Uh, is it? Yeah. Yes. So Billy's return, I could see him being the villain hundred percent, but then again, he also had a great send off with his character at the end of season three, 
would it make sense to bring him back? But this is like a show that seems like they want to please audiences. So I honestly wouldn't be shocked if Barb somehow comes back in some capacity here. I totally forgot about her until you brought that name up. Thanks a lot, Ricky Flex. But Billy hopefully comes back. Um, you got Billy's sister also playing. She looks like she has some like type of powers or she's being possessed in this mm. trailer. She's lifting, like she's lifting in front of his grave. So it's like, okay, what's happening now? Is Billy's mm-hmm. like influencing her whatsoever? Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go with Stranger Things just so strategy picks. You don't have the biggest IP on your board. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I will say I'm a little Stranger Things out a little bit. I think I think it's just been a – if it was a limited series, season one only, I think it would go down as like one of the – like a true detective style, like season one. I know that has multiple seasons too, but it's not connected. They're all different, kind of. You know what I mean? I know season three kind of – is flimsy with that but um again i'm a little season stranger things out but uh, yeah i understand the pick don't hate it i didn't want the draft to go this way i didn't want i what I'm a, I, I didn't want it to be like all these like major franchises getting picked well, in the top five but i'm i'm assuming the second half of this draft we're gonna get a little deeper with well, it well i'm doctor my fourth overall on my board I, feel I think like we I'm had cheating. the same one. It was my fourth overall. I feel like I'm cheating. But you talked about how in your TV shows, you don't like to get sci-fi or fantasy. You know what I like to get? I like to get deep. I like to get crazy. I like detective stories. I like psychological thrillers. And it's starring one of the biggest names in Hollywood right now, Andrew Garfield. Yes, I'm going under the banner of heaven. Comes out this Friday. I feel like it's cheating picking this coming out so soon but it's just i have such high expectations for this now andrew garfield detective the vescanera murder it's connected to like a utah big lsd family fundamentalist type thing going on and governments true detective vibes matthew mcconaughey all over it so and it's with andrew garfield who's on the rise one of the best actors right now in hollywood one of the hottest actors right now in hollywood so i'm gonna pick that with these true detective vibes. This was the one I wanted to pick instead of stranger things. True detective vibes definitely are given off in this trailer. Andrew Garfield is maybe at the peak of his powers right now, coming off an Oscar nomination, coming off Spider-Man, no way home. He's arguably the most liked actor in the world right now. I think he is like, like I, he might be that guy. Right. So this is going to be unbelievable. I'm a big fan of Daisy Edgar Jones as well. She was great and um, fresh alongside Sebastian Stan. Uh, seems like she's an up and comer too. It seems like she's got a, a nice cult fandom like following her too. It seems like this could be a breakthrough for her. Uh, maybe a wider audience. It's going to be an FX show also on Hulu. So yeah, this was, I wish I took this one instead of Stranger Things, but I felt like I was basically giving up the draft. Giving up the draft if I didn't take Stranger Things there. Now that's a great pick. I'm I'm 100 on board with it. Yeah. So this comes out April 28th, like you said on Hulu and FX. There is um, just just a little recap here. The Boys June 3rd on Prime and Stranger Things Volume One May 27th, same day as Obi Wan on Netflix. Wow. Volume Two July 1st on Netflix, obviously. Um. Okay. My fourth pick. This is where the draft for me is tough. I think now it's uh, you can go a lot of different ways. For me, I feel like this is cheating again because this movie this comes out Friday. Those are uh, part two of season four. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's see how this ends. Does Marty get away with everything? Like what? Like what are we doing here? Like that's honestly why. Just it's going to be the final thing. I think out of everything on my list, there's only one other thing. No, two other shows that that's their final season on my big board. Um, and this is the first one picked that I guess if you count Stranger Things, both volumes for your pick, then yeah. But yeah, final season. I'm, I love Ozark. I think it's similar to Stranger Things where it's fallen off a little bit. But for me, I do like the non-fantasy, like true, true, uh, true crime type style cartel. I love those type of shows like Narcos a little bit, uh, season one and two of Narcos specifically. But those are the type of shows I like to watch. Ozark, you get that. Give it, give it to me. Number four on my board. Yeah. I had this at uh, my six overall 
Uh, I want to see what's going to happen with Ruth. Like, that's my big question here. Uh, she's obviously going to come after Marty Bird. I feel like there's no way both Ruth and Marty Bird make it out of this season alive. Like, someone's mm-hmm. dying. And uh, a lot of people are questioning whether it's Wendy or Marty. I think also Ruth has to be factored in there. And I think this 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 second half of the season, I think it's going to heavily focus on her. But also, how are they going to wrap this whole thing up? All right. Uh, Javi, all right. Think about his relationship. Javi's still alive, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm try- I, I know I just watched the show recently and I don't even remember. <laughs> like, I, for some reason, that when it comes to television, like the last thing that happens in the episode is like I, I barely remember. So mm. Javi uh, being built up as a, a, a great villain in this show. I'm, I'm looking forward to the duel. Uh, and probably Ruth versus Javi rather than Marty Bird versus Javi, even more so. Interesting dynamics going on here. Uh, great pick. I had it up there too. Yeah, sixth overall for me. Um, ahead of Stranger Things, actually, for me. Okay. So under the banner of heaven and then Ozark part two for Ricky Flex. It's now on to me for my fourth round pick. I'm going to go to two when these next two picks will be on two streaming services i don't touch often right that i don't scroll upon often the first one i'm gonna go with the offer on paramount plus the making of the godfather i think this is fits the billing of most anticipated uh just because you got the return of miles teller this year it's a hope if this series works then you have him in Top Gun Maverick all of a sudden, and then you have him in Spiderhead. If he hits all three over this 2022 span, I mean, we got to consider him as hashtag back. This is an interesting premise, and I think this is more of a movie type thing where Hollywood likes to make films about the making of great movies. How will it be portrayed as a television show over the course of a season? Um Cast is interesting. Not a ton of massive names. You got like Miles Teller here. You got like Colin Hanks, right? Tom Hanks's kid here. It's not like some attention grabbers, but Miles Teller, like this could put him back on the forefront. Obviously, everyone adores The Godfather. And uh, you hear about like the making of the show and its relation to actual mafia. And you have iconic portrayals in this in the series you got people probably playing al pacino people playing robert uh not robert de niro um marlon brando you got people probably playing francis ford coppola right i feel like that's necessary for this movie even if they are brief cameos um but miles teller with the accent a little bit here is going to be fun to watch so paramount plus i will subscribe to this for at least a free trial for the offer i'll tell you that how about you you, are you pumped for it or no when this was first reported, like the movie before the cast, before trailer, I was pumped. I, I'm still like you mentioned, Miles Teller will hit all three. This trailer, I don't have high hopes for. Um, I just this for this me, this trailer is not. It didn't hit for me. Oh my god! Like it, it really didn't. Like Matthew Good, I do like. Like think Adrian Brody, uh, Watchmen. Sorry, Adrian Brody. Um, Adrian Veidt. Um, in Watchmen, the Zack Snyder Watchmen, loved him in that. Matthew Good, I do really like, but like Dan Fogler playing Francis Ford Coppola, like the like Justin Chambers playing Marlon Brando, like I'm just not sure these portrayals are gonna work. Um, and Paramount Plus is low key like getting subs, they're getting subscribers, they are like doing very well. Um, this is gonna be big for them. I do think they're gonna do well like with views and trying to get like you, like you said, you'll do the free trial here. Like they had the Halo series and they have like a bunch of cable shows that get watched a lot. So via Paramount Plus. So this is going to be big for them. If this hits, Paramount Plus is like now in the mix for like Netflix, HBO Max and so on. So this is going to be big for them. The offer though, I'm just, I, my expectations have teetered since seeing the trailer and the cast. It's too juicy of a story to not be drafted. And a most anticipated mm-hmm. draft, like, the yeah. upside here, like I almost don't expect it to be incredible. I expect it to be entertaining. And it's something I'm just personally interested in because I love the Godfather movies. Right. But like the fact you have Miles Teller, that is the guy 
for this movie because you mentioned the supporting cast. Justin Chambers, dude, he Grey's Anatomy. He is the doctor. He's Karev. And I, I can't believe he's playing Marlon Brando in a show. Juno Temple, huge name in TV right now, all right, because of Ted Lasso. Dan Fogler, um, I don't hate him as Francis Ford Coppola, honestly. He looks the part. It's just, will he act well? Because he's mostly associated now with the Fantastic Beasts franchise, okay? Now, that's kind of crazy to say, but he is more associated with Harry Potter than any other property that he's been associated with. Matthew Good, I loved him in Watchmen. Great in The Imitation Game. You guys haven't seen it. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi in this movie. That's another, like... That's a must. He's playing a mafia boss. Like, that's like... eh. No, that'll work. Come on, dude. You got to respect Ribisi. Come on. I do like him as an actor, but, like, Playing a mafia boss just seems kind of odd. And also Michael Gandolfini has a role in the show. Oh, I didn't know that. Michael Gandolfini has a role in this show, following up his role as uh, his father, Tony Soprano, in The Many Saints of Newark. But like Giovanni, like like Ted, dude. Like we're talking Ted. Dude, you he knows exactly he Giovanni Rabisi is great at he's great supporting roles in great movies, but he also could be a scene stealer in comedies and he just understands like the assignment. But this isn't a comedy though. Yes, I'm. I'm saying he okay. can be good in a yeah, supporting role in a drama. The assignment. Yeah. Like he's great. I, I'm Come not. On. Show yeah, some I, respect I, for Saving Private Ryan, Ricky Flex. Show some respect. Okay. Come on. Trying to disrespect for BC on this podcast. Come on. You uh, won't have it. I gotta respect for BC. So the offer, and then uh, my last pick. Does this this movie? Or this show already premiered in London. Did Peaky Blinders already debut in London? Um, this pick is allowed. Uh, this comes out June tenth on Netflix. It does. Yes, like you, you, you're fine picking this. I don't know if I want to now. <laughs> Why? It's the most anticipated. <laughs> because I have a bunch of other, like, I want to go with one that not many people know about. And this, uh, is most in- this is most anticipated. You're right. But- Shoot. It's the end. It's the end of Peaky Blinders. I love Peaky Blinders. I got to pick it. I got to pick Peaky Blinders season six. Um, This is Killian Murphy before, like, the movie that's going to come out with Peaky Blinders is Killian Murphy before the his turn as Oppenheimer, the lead in a Nolan film. Uh, at this point at Peaky Blinders, like we're going to be introducing uh, Al Capone on a larger scale here. Uh, there's going to be the uh, family consequences, the dynamics between Michael versus Tommy Shelby. Uh, this show has already done a great job in pulling zero punches, uh, making uh, sure there's characters that have consequences for their actions. Peaky Blinders, this is, I think, going to solidify Killian Murphy as, and Tommy Shelby as one of the most iconic, iconic TV characters of all time. One of the best, like we talk about, like these, this anti-hero surge in TV ever since The Sopranos came out. When you think about Brian Cranston and Breaking Bad, I think Killian Murphy belongs in that top tier category in terms of performances, right? by an anti-hero, someone that you love to root for, even though he's got terrible, terrible um, instincts in terms of like decisions that he makes, not instincts, he has great instincts, but in terms of how bad of an evil, an evil person he can be in the lives that he hurts. So Peaky Blinders season six, my last pick, fifth round. So similar to Stranger Things, I got a little Peaky Blinders out by season four. You're crazy. I and I took, I took season five off. And I, I've said on this podcast that I will watch season six, so I have to watch season five. You still haven't seen season five of Peaky Blinders? No. So, like, what you just said is, like, I didn't even know anything about season five until what you said. Um, oh, my God. So <laughs> I apologize. Oh, no, it's really okay because at the end of the day, like, I'll watch it. I wasn't going to pick it, but, like, it had to be picked. Like, this is too big. Right? Can't believe and I, the first three seasons. It's so good. I love the first, it. Well, the first two seasons of Peaky Blinders. I, I actually – let me backtrack. Season two of Peaky Blinders is my favorite. Season one, season three. And then I think season four is just far and away, like 
not close. Like it's it's best when it's street level Tommy Shelby. Right. And like right. you get Tom Hardy, like you got like these other guest appearances that are actually good. Like not Littlefinger, like with weird long hair. Like that's messed up. Like come on, you're hating on, on you're hating on him. What's his no, name? But no, but at the end of the day, this is a good pick. Deservedly in this top 10, top billing here, top 10 most anticipated. Love it. Aiden Gillen. Aiden Gillen. Yeah, but, what's um, it, what, uh, what the Dark Knight Rises? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Where's okay. Bane? Who's Bane? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, Doctor, just to, to you, like, do I pick a non-known show? Or do I pick a show that is the same thing? Like, do I pick the headliner? Honorable Benches are going to be fun. Tell me that. I, I think I might. Hmm, do I pick a TBD show? It says it's supposed to be in 2022. That's what I was looking at to take as a potential. If you take this, I'm going to be pissed. That's the one I'm thinking of. And I think you, I think we're usually on the same wavelength. I don't think, I think I know which one you're thinking of, but I won't go there because, you know, you know what? I'm going to pick a show that no one knows about. I'm picking Love and Death. Damn it. That's the one I'm <laughs> thinking of. Love and Death on Peacock. It's TBD, but. Again, what did I say? I love true crime. I love true crime. And when you put stars in the mix, that's when you know it's real. Because why would these stars, these movie stars, get like devote themselves to a TV show or a limited series? Uh, besides, like it would only take a certain amount of time rather than a franchise or multiple seasons of a show. But still, it's not a movie, especially on Peacock. Like Peacock, like Craig Robinson show about catching snakes. Like, what are we doing here? This is their. You know, this is like their first like critical. Like, I know Yellowstone, like, it's not really Peacock, but it's on Peacock, so it doesn't count. This is Peacock's, like, coming, like, they're coming to the market here with good shows. Elizabeth Olsen, going to be a real-life axe murderer in this show. And our plump boy, Jesse Plemons, is going to be coming off. He's going to, this might be the uh, the last thing he does before, like, the, the thing that comes out before him starring in Martin Scorsese's movie, Course of the Flower Moon, next to Leah. And Nicole Kidman, one of the showrunners for this one, she did Big Little Lies, right? And that's obviously, like, for me, like, not my thing, but critical success there. And The Undoing, another critical success, wacky shows, but this is to the max. So true crime, like, has the talent. Give it to me. This is the one, obviously, I was going to pick and I was debating. I was going to take advantage of the TBD date because hopefully it just comes out at the end of this year but elizabeth olsen like coming off i believe she won an emmy for wandavision i was is that true did she win definitely nominated yeah definitely she was nominated but i think um what's her name agatha uh tell me that was supporting wasn't it yeah but she won but i don't think elizabeth olsen ah okay oh man is that true by the way yeah so yeah, so Catherine Hunt, yeah, I think she might have won. But Elizabeth Olsen, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by, because like WandaVision seemed to have launched her into a different stratosphere. It seems like she is now rising up the A-list in Hollywood and in TV. So to have her in this show, and like seems like Peacock, like they're going to want to obviously pin her against or with a academy award nominee like jesse plemons as you said starring in a scorsese movie just like if you look at the top two names on this roster very top heavy and like you can expect these two to carry the show and when you have elizabeth olsen playing an axe murderer that is going to garner eyeballs that's just the way it works this is the way we live all right when we got our beloved actresses and actors playing serial killers they like this is what people want. This is what they want in TV. It's probably uh, the most in-demand genre where you have, along with, I guess, like the Marvel TV shows right now. But it just seems like when you have like uh, anti-heroes, but also people we love playing despicable people. You know, that seems like the very much in-demand trend in um, TV right now. So I had this on on here as well. Nicole Kidman producing is intriguing. She's had a lot of success with Big Little Lies. Uh, but also on HBO, The Undoing, like being a part of those two shows mm-hmm. uh, to see what she's going to do here with Peacock. That's intriguing as well. And she's very much also in demand right now. People love love themselves. Some Nicole Kidman. Good yeah. pick. 
And I will uh, just to clarify, Elizabeth Olsen lost an Emmy to Kate Winslet, Mayor of Easttown. Oh yeah, deserved. And deserved, deserved Hahn, for. And I think Catherine Hahn uh, didn't win actually. She lost as well. Um, I don't. I don't follow the Emmys as closely. Uh, maybe I should follow that a little bit better. I want to get uh, more into TV this this uh, this summer. Well, it's, it's clearly this summer, and just now we have so and like so many TV shows that like they're either coming to an end or just starting. Right. I think the only one that we picked that's in the middle is the boys. Right? Yeah. It's the only one. So like you were just starting up again. Yep. Um, there's different surges, I guess, different surges of TV here. Um, so honorable mentions, uh, I'll throw one out and we'll just go back and forth. Something I was debating on picking was if I find, the white house plumbers Yes. on HBO max. This is one History buffs are going to love this stuff. Very much all the president's men vibe uh, talks about Watergate, but it gives the alternate pers- alternative perspective of the people that actually screwed up Watergate rather than those who are trying to solve Watergate. So it comes from creators, Alex Gregory and Peter Huck and director David Mandel. Uh, they all worked on Veep as ec- executive producers. So you could expect some comedic elements here. The limited series is con- going to tell the story of how Nixon's own political saboteurs and Watergate masterminds, played by Woody Harrelson and Justin Thoreau, accidentally toppled the pres- presidency they're trying to protect. So these guys screwed up Watergate. We got the Veep uh, producers working on this project. Uh, Woody Harrelson uh, is great at anything he does on TV. Right. Uh, doesn't miss TV. Think obviously true detective season one. I can't wait to see him in kind of a bumbling type role that has to do with such a significant moment in us history. I love that type of TV. So that's one I had first. Did you have that one on your honorable mentions? Yeah, this was definitely like hovering around like the top 10 here. I had it at 12 for most anticipated for myself. Um, and again, like Woody Harrelson game change, the like game change yep. uh, as well. Political, like satire well, it's, i don't know what to call it it's but, it's definitely satire yeah um but yeah this is a comedy this is gonna be a comedy with beep like hbl woody harrelson great comedic actor as well not just drama but comedic actor i'm very excited for this one good honorable mention uh what else you got well the other one i like so i picked love and death but i thought you might have gone a secret invasion i didn't want another marvel one I, I, did, I, I don't have any Marvel ones. I, I, well, I, you have I, Star Wars. I don't think after seeing Moon Knight, I don't think anything is going to come close to matching Moon Knight in terms mm-hmm. of quality. Uh, Secret Invasion seems like they're trying to build up a lot. And they're saying like it was too big of a story to do for a movie and everything like that. Right. And it has an amazing cast like Olivia Coleman, Amelia Clark, Samuel Jackson, finally taking the lead in a Marvel project rather than just being a supporting background member of a Marvel project. So I like the, I like secret invasion and uh, I'm not a big scrolls guy. And like, I wonder the emphasis, what that's going to be. Captain Marvel turned them off for me. Yeah. And like Ben Mendelsohn, I like, I don't love him as an actor. Uh, I like him in certain roles. And I think he's also missed if yet at, at, at a few points, but uh, it was on my honorable mentions list. That's a good one. Yeah. And another final that's coming to an end. And we just had news about big cameos in it is better call Saul. Yeah, I never got. I, I've never seen that show. I saw. I watched the first three seasons, um, and, and I honestly just forgot. Um, but I will catch up on that as well. A lot of uh, like a lot of stuff that becoming that I have to catch up on. But um, no, but they're back. Walter White, Jesse Pinkman, they're back. That's enough to say like, okay, let's binge this show and watch the end here. I missed the last season, but. Again, like I will watch that season. Someone to Peaky Blinders, watch that last season so I can watch the final season. Just the fact that you have that connection to with Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul and them returning to this series, that's going to make me want to watch it. And that's going to make it like people are, might rip on us for not putting it on the most anticipated draft. Because yeah. that's like having them, like Brian Cranston is rumored to be like heavily involved with this next season. It's not just like a mm-hmm. one one scene cameo that we're talking about here. They said it's going to be substantial screen time that Brian Cranston will be getting. So, I mean, we got that moment in El Camino when you had the Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman, like basically follow up to breaking bad. You had like Brian Cranston joining for one scene. That was like enough for me. 
But I wonder if like Brian Cranston still got it, like based on when it's like it's been like 10 years since the finale for Breaking Bad. Like, can he still channel it? Because uh, and can he still like look like the character? Because it's obviously going back in time a little bit here. Um, I also had an interesting one, Clark. Uh, this is Bill Skarsgård. I don't necessarily trust Bill Skarsgård to take on this role yet. Uh, I know he's got a lot of like attention on him. Pennywise, he's in Eternals. Uh, seems like he's like a hot young actor. Like he has his prospects look good, and his brother. I mean, he was a devil all the time as well. Alexander Skarsgård's brother is taking the world by storm with the Northmen right now. I'll make sure to check out the review on the drive-in feed, but he's playing a dude who basically invented Stockholm syndrome. And it looks like they're going for this like zany type of vibe. Uh, He seems like he's an electric personality where he's kidnapping these people, but they also like fall in love with them. It seems like he's, there's like great dance sequences. He's breaking in and out of prison. seems like it's an amazing story to tell. All right. I don't know if the tone's going to be exactly set in a way that's going to make the show watchable for a full hour right for every episode but uh i did want to shout out the song in the trailer because it seems like it's like almost it was if it's like a swedish guardians of the galaxy song yeah that's you know take. so if you haven't seen the trailer i highly recommend it i'll look up the name of the song in a second but uh it's impossible to pronounce it's impossible to pronounce I, but it's so good <laughs> yeah so this comes out may 5th on netflix Very I, so if we didn't get this trailer I would have picked this at 10th, the Mr. Irrelevant, for sure. The story, like you said, is similar to the offers. Like the story, right? Like there's too good, so juicy, like bank robberies, right? Like so juicy that you want this in a show. And you then you get Bill Skarsgård. I still think, I know like we mentioned some of the names, but like pre-Eternals, like definitely like a name where, like he's in John Wick 4. Like he's on a bunch of movies that have like, that are big. And he's like one of the hot commodities in Hollywood in a lot of things. So like definitely a thing before the trailer, I was like, oh, let's let's go here. Uh, but the trailer came. I don't know. I really don't know that I'm going to like it. I, it oh, didn't, the tone is a little nuts. Like it's all like, like too much over the top. I was just thinking, man, I would have liked to see this in a movie. You yeah. Know? You know, I, I, I think this should have been a movie, not a series, because this isn't going to be a slew of bank robberies. Right. This is like the classic like up like you're on a high you get this like great sequences here some great uh, montages perhaps of bank robberies dancing in the club dance scenes right and then the, you have the fall and then the comeback story like a classic movie this is like as a show just seems like gonna be, it might get dragged out like the tone might be just shifting left and right and just bouncing around netflix tends to miss on shows i, I don't know I, I i really am a little nervous for it yeah, I, I didn't draft it for a reason, but I think it has potential with uh, an exciting young actor like Skarsgård and an amazing story. So uh, that's why it's there. Uh, what's another one you have on your list? Uh, I think you're going to touch one, um, but I, I like one that I really almost picked as well. But I'll go just on my another honorable mention here, and it'll be my last one because I think you'll pick this next one. I'll go Pistol. That trailer just came out. So it's about the Sex Pistols, Danny Boyle, right? Oh, Oscar nice. Actor. The trailer just came out. Going to be on FX May thirty first. Like they're similar. They're like a like a punk rock band type of story of like the Dirt with uh, Motley Crue. I love the Dirt. I know it's not a great movie, but that's so much fun to watch. That's what I want to see here. But with an acclaimed director like Danny Boyle, like doing this passion project, London or West London, I should say. Like it's gonna be hardcore and loves music. Drugs. Like, yeah, loves music. Like, this is gonna be so much fun to watch. Similar to the dirt, but like actually good. So I I, I love that. So I'm gonna be watching that. So pistol for me will be an honorable mention. Yeah, I, I saw this under the shows. I didn't read anything about it. They seem like a group that the name is so recognizable, but I know so little about them. And I know like for having songs that aren't recognized, they still had a large influence on yes. music. So you know who they are, even though if you don't know a single song, right? I think it's just because the, their name is just the Sex Pistols. <laughs> that is just Perfect like you gotta pay attention to these guys. Watch out for the Sex Pistols. <laughs> um, yeah, so Danny Boyle, he's done what well, he did yesterday, right? Well, a couple of years back, um, mm-hmm. 
So I guess that's why I associate with music for some reason. And uh, they're British, right? Sex yep. Pistols? Yeah, West London. So it so seems like that's right get, up. It's going to get wacky a little bit. So it's right up Danny Boyle's alley. A um, couple ones here. Uh, only Murders in the Building. Got to bring that up. Okay. Season two. Like, I like that move. That show, I think, gets ripped on for some reason. I don't know why people like kind of ignore it, but that movie, that show is hilarious. And the writing's pretty clever. It's enjoyable. It's nice 30 minute episodes. I'm excited for season two. And I like the dynamic between Selena Gomez, Martin Short, Steve Martin. Martin Short is so damn funny in that show. Like, I, I you got to watch it. Don't dismiss it. Don't knock it till you try it. That's going to be cool. Uh, I also had, in terms of like Marvel, Star Wars, we got She-Hulk and Andor probably debuting this year. Probably on like the the latter of like my most anticipated list for Marvel and Star Wars projects is characters I don't really care about. You got like potentially Matt Murdock and Daredevil showing up in She-Hulk. Mark Ruffalo is going to be in that show. So that's kind of interesting. But the lead, Tatiana Maslany, don't really know much about her, to be honest. Doesn't really get me that juiced for the show. Uh, seems like I'm already feeling some fatigue from these Marvel shows and She-Hulk, I think, and yes. Marvel, those combined, it's just going to wear me out. Um, I wanted to add HBO, The Staircase, Colin That's Firth, the one. Colette. I saw a trailer for this. You got supporting appearances by Patrick Schwarzenegger, Dane DeHaan, and Sophie Turner. This cast is great for an HBO show. Matches up very well. And it looks incredible. Like I like it looks like it looks like it's gonna be a thriller and has the tone of like a mayor of Easttown. You know, it just has like that type of HBO magic attached to it. And Colin Firth, like him doing an elite in an HBO series, that just makes me think it's gonna be money, right? Just automatically. What are we gonna right. say? No, no, no. This was the one that I like knew that you had mentioned. So um that's why I picked pistol instead of this one for the honorable mention. Um but yeah, this one just by like another true crime, right? True crime, eight uh, eight episode limited series from HBO. Like, how does that like just on that alone? It's like I'll watch it. But then you add Colin Farrell, Tony Collette, right? Rumor, Harrison Ford, rumor. What? Rumor. Um, this That'd is May awesome. 5th. Go through June 9th. This is big. Um, if this hits too, that'll be so cool. Um, or so like that'll be perfect for HBO, especially like also coming off of Under the Banner of Heaven, like leading into the summer. Like this show's been kind of slept on. Um, and I just also say, do you know who's directing this? Uh the one I just mentioned, the staircase. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. Antonio Campos. Oh, you're right, devil all the time. The devil all the time. So hopefully this won't be a slow burn, but if it is, it'll probably still be good, uh, very good, just like The Devil All the Time. Very good, not great movie, but I have higher hopes for this uh, than Devil All the Time. Like they just HBO just knows how to do these like detective, but also like these limited series that have all these twists and turns that have you like, like it makes you want to binge everything from right. start to finish. Like Mayor of Easttown, I crushed in two days. I was like, this is incredible. I have to keep right. up with it. I will. I think I might rewatch Mayor of Easttown. It's that good. Yeah. yeah. I watched, I rewatched like most of it with you. That was my second time watching. Um, and speaking of HBO, one thing I'll, I'll mention time traveler's wife, it's going to be made into a show. Uh, Theo James, Rose Leslie. Those are the two names that are attached. Uh, Theo James is the dude from divergent. Uh, we thought that guy would have been like the biggest like star of all time afterwards, like really good looking guy alongside Shailene Woodley in those movies. That series died off, but he's now he's going to he's the lead in this, um, HBO adaption for the time traveler's wife romance series. If you're into it, not really my cup of tea, but I thought it should be mentioned. And then also HBO, 15th. uh, HBO, we own the city, um, cop, cop show, corrupt cop show with John Bernthal, right? As the lead. That trailer just came out, right? That one, it looks a little woke. It looks yeah. like a little bit woke and it seems like it's really responsive to the, like the climate we're living in, but John Bernthal's in it as a lead. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, he was just doing his promo uh, for it. That's why I was uh, thinking about it. And he was mentioning how he doesn't like method actors. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's, that's another why. thing. Like movie Twitter loves it when actors say they don't like method actors. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, sure, like I'm all in on method acting just to be clear. But like if you do like go off the rails on set, like 
all right, then yeah, that's gonna just. Be <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> like, just like yeah. if, if you turn in a good performance, I could care less. Like as Christian long as you're not Bale, Christian Bale, Terminator, Terminator Salvation audio clip. <laughs> like, just look that up. <laughs> it's just why does anyone give a crap? Like, unless like you're hurting people, right? You just let them right. do their or thing. Groping people, you know? Bill Murray. Like Jeremy Strong, people just hate him, like because he goes method, and then if he's not hurting anybody. Let him do his thing. He's doing amazing with succession. Daniel Day-Lewis uh, would like a word. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's going to do it for our draft. And that's going to do it for episode 95. Yes. And that's going to do it for episode 95 of the Drive-In Podcast. Make sure you tune into the feed, right? Earlier on in the week, we had the checkup with, uh, along with our trailer roundup for Disney Pixar's Lightyear. Talked about a bunch of stories going on in Hollywood right now. We had our double review earlier in the week. We had the Northman alongside the unbearable weight of massive talent starring Nick Cage. And then tomorrow we got our Moon Knight recap for episode five after a absolutely bonkers episode four. Okay. Uh, this is Dr. O signing off. Until next time, we will smell you.